Here's what's coming up on today's show. This one is kind of the biggest nightmare to change after the fact. So the real estate, you want to get that right from the beginning before you close. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, hello and glad to have you back on Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George alongside Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner over at Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester. Got a good show for you today. We talk all about setting up an estate plan and how to establish that, you know, wills versus trusts, that sort of thing. But today we're going to talk about the maintenance aspect of your estate plan and what happens after you acquire new assets. What do you need to do? What steps do you need to take to make sure everything's included in your estate plan. So it should be a good show today. Nick, welcome in. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. We're um, getting ready for uh, the, the cold weather came in. It's uh, it's end of October um, uh, when we're recording this. So mm-hmm. you know how it is. Duke Energy loves you when you when you have to turn the heat on in the morning and then and the air condition on in the afternoon so i know so if you, you know, i don't know what the uh, the energy company is uh, where you're at it's but around duke here as it's, well yeah oh okay gotcha yeah. well should have bought some i should always buy like some duke energy stock in you know september or something like that because i'm assuming they're they're doing quite well but uh, we're we're getting to that thing where it's it's kind of back and forth and for me it's just like the pressure headaches you know, yeah. right between the eyes when it's a high of 71 and a low of 27. <laughs> yep. I know all about it. Yeah. So we're, we're getting into, uh, we're getting into that here. And, um, I, I know one of the things I think we mentioned, uh, uh, either last episode or the one before, um, about my, you know, juggernaut of a three-year-old, uh, soccer team here. Yeah. Um, How's that going? Yeah, so the season's winding down, and there may be a little bit of a, you know, like a, a deflate gate or a spy gate kind of scandal going oh, on. Boy. Yeah, so, um, and it's weird because th- my wife and I were watching, there's a Netflix uh, documentary on uh, Aaron Hernandez, uh, the guy who was the mm-hmm. tight end for the um, New England Patriots and then got involved with a whole bunch of bad stuff. Yeah. And so I'm watching that the night before uh, our game uh, a couple weeks ago, and I had a dream, and, and I guess the dream was because you know that's what I was thinking about. But I had a dream that Bill Belichick, uh, the you know the coach for the Patriots, was the coach uh, the next day uh, of the team that we played against. So in my dream, I show up and he's there with his, you know, short sleeve hoodie and and kind of the headset and everything like that for three-year-old, you know, Monroe soccer. Mm -hmm. And we get there on Saturday morning and obviously Bill Belichick was not the coach, but little did I know. Um, So you're supposed to play three kids um, on the field at a time, no goalies. Okay. So this is like three-year-olds, obviously. Right. And... Uh, a game I had played a couple weeks ago, and, and you know how it has been. The, the kids won't stay on the field. They see their parents. They kind of run off in the middle of play. <laughs> or the kid who's supposed to be on the bench, you know, runs onto the field when the ball goes by. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a joke. And the last game we had played, uh, the other team, you know, had four players. And you can always have three players on the field and one coach. 
you know, the coach is just trying to keep the kids on the field and it didn't go well. I would say on average, the other team probably only had two players on the field at any one given time, sometimes one. At one point, there was no one uh, while play was going on. So I'm thinking about that. And this coach, who I didn't know was, you know, Bill Belichick's second coming at the time, um, turns out he was. He says, hey, coach, uh, we only have four kids. And I only had three at the time. He said, we have trouble keeping them on the field. Um, and my guess is there only be two or three on there at any one given time. Would you have a problem if we had two of our coaches on the field to try and keep them on there and just let all four of the kids go on? Because, you know, like I said, they probably won't stay on. Would you have a problem with that? And I said, oh, sure, no problem, no big deal. I said, we only got three kids. They're pretty good at staying on the field. And I had that last game think, uh, that's what I was thinking about. And never crossed my mind that they'd just be cheating and sandbagging the whole way. So um, they put all four kids on. They did not have one time during the entire game where a child left the field. Jeez. So they just played an extra. They played a man up. And we didn't even have four kids. They played a man up. And they had two coaches on the field. At one point, they had three. So I got three kids. They, at one point, they had seven people on the field. Just and actually, my guys played well, you know, given the fact that they were outnumbered seven to three. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they didn't even think about it. Didn't take anyone off, and I didn't realize that that I had been had. I guess until after halftime, because Ben, I never thought. I said, "Oh wow, maybe they're having a great game." You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe this is like the first time it's all coming together. And I just, I never thought that someone would sandbag me and, and cheat like that. Yeah, not at that but, age. <clears throat> yeah, but, but that's what happened. And that's what happened. And there had been a couple emails that the league had sent out before, like, make sure you don't have too many kids on the field, make sure you don't have too many coaches. I just assumed it was kind of whatever reminders, but turns out it might have been other coaches complaining about the, you know, this this cheating as well hmm. um, from, from before. So, uh, so I got had. And you know what the worst part about it, Ben, is I agreed to it because I had no idea yeah. that they were that they were sandbagging me. So, um, you know that uh, that that e that uh, dream the night before about coaching against Bill Belichick. Well, his second coming showed up. Um, you know, uh, for the on the soccer field uh, uh, two weeks ago. So that's what I'm kind of licking my wounds from. So any coach asks for any leniency at all, even though it'll probably be genuine, I'll say, hell no, not happening. <laughs> we'll, we'll boat race you. So yeah. no more mercy. Fool me that's, twice. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> can you believe that? Yeah, that's crazy. You, <laughs> you know what, Ben, I don't know if you do any coaching, but not yet. watch your back early because they're – because there's guys looking to hustle you for two and a half and three year olds, so yeah, we're still lesson. steaming about that. But we're going to finish the season strong, and I'm not going to get out coached anymore. That's for darn sure. <laughs> <laughs> Always an interesting time out on the soccer field with a three year old. So <laughs> didn't expect that story, but glad to hear. Otherwise, yeah. you got a lesson learned, and we move forward. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, let's jump into today's conversation, acquiring new assets. So after you set up your plan, so we talked a lot on the show about coordinating your assets with your estate plan, either funding a trust or updating ownership, beneficiary designations when a trust is not being used. However, you know, most of the attention is paid 
to doing this along with setting up the estate plan in the first place, right? So one of the biggest issues people have is they tend to forget about accounts and assets that they acquire after they set up the estate plan in the first place. So I want to go through this with you, um, Nick, today and talk about what to do with these new assets you acquire after the estate plan is set up. And, and I'll kind of run through them individually with you and let you kind of dive into one because there's a ton of different assets and they all kind of, I guess, have their own. Maybe, I, I, I don't know, every asset's a little bit different. Is that fair to say with how you treat it? Yeah, correct. So think of it like, you know, if you do the the hundred point safety inspection before you buy a car from the dealership, but that doesn't mean you, you know, that you don't need to replace the brakes later or change the oil, like, you know, things like that happen. And, and actually I had a client recently I met with and we did a review meeting and, you know, we set up the plan the right way for him and he used to trust. And I said, Hey, all right. So we still okay with all of our decision makers, all our beneficiaries. Yeah. He said, by the way, I bought a new house. I switched from Fidelity to Merrill Lynch, um, sold my car, bought a new one and I'm retired. Uh, so the business that I was a 50, 50 owner and has been sold and I switched banks because they made me mad. Well, you know, we set it all up in the beginning, but there's a whole lot that that needs to be done to kind of catch up. And yes, and we'll we'll run through these. This is actually going to build off of uh, Ben. I think we did a, an episode that kind of went through uh, trust funding earlier this year. So we'll we'll hit all of the different asset types again, but more from the perspective of if you switch accounts or open new accounts or what have you after everything's set up, this is how you want to set things up in the beginning, um, you know, to make sure it kind of lines up the way you want it to. So yeah, that's okay. exactly how we'll go about it. Makes sense. All right. Well, let's start off with bank accounts because this is probably the most common thing you're going to open and close and, and add to. So how do we handle bank accounts? Yeah, exactly. And, and Ben, I'm sure you've had someone at your bank, you know, tick you off before. And, you know, for me, if it wasn't for all the direct deposits and automatic bill pays, man, they get their, they get you, they get their tentacles in you. Uh, it's just so darn hard to change banks, even if they make you mad. But, um, you know, if you are setting up a new bank account, either a new account at the same bank, or if you switch from one bank to the other, if you have a trust, you want to make sure that your banker opens the account, you know, and registers it with your trust from the beginning. So, you know, for mine, if I, you know, for my wife and I, it would say, the Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust, and then it would probably list, you know, both of us as trustees. Okay, it's much easier to do that and just make sure it's registered the right way when you're opening it, because otherwise you have to open it, then you have to change it. Okay, so let's just get it right from the from the beginning. And if you don't have a trust, then talk to your bank and make sure your banker sets up whatever. You know, you'll see the terms POD or TOD. They mean pay on death or transfer on death. It's like a beneficiary uh, that lines up with your inheritance wishes. So if you want the money to go to the kids, you know, make sure you know, ask the banker if he can make the kids as the direct beneficiaries. Um, they can usually do that. Sometimes there's limitations, so you want to check with your banker. Uh, and if you're married and if you and your spouse are co-owners of the account, you want to make sure that you have what's known as survivorship rights. So Ben, if I died tomorrow, I want to make sure that my wife can keep the whole account 
uh, or vice versa. Okay, so if you don't use a trust, you want to make sure that that is set up from the get go. You know, as you're meeting with the banker and setting the account up. Okay, makes sense. Uh, real estate. Real estate's another one. Whether you're buying a new home, a second home, vacation home, whatever it is, real estate. You know, later in life, often you know you make a few changes there. So, what do we do with our real estate here with the estate plan? Well, and, and this one is state specific. Okay. okay, so I'm going to tell you what is the most common, I guess, options here. Ohio has a couple neat uh, kind of extra tricks here or options that a lot of states don't have. Um, but again, full disclaimer, you want to check with a expert in your state. Um, if you have a trust, then make sure that the realtor and the, the title company and the title agent uh, know that you own a trust and that you want your trust to be you know, the buyer or the owner uh, of the real estate uh, when you close. On the deed, you, you've, you've seen the term grantee. That's the person mm -hmm. receiving. Um, okay, so, you know, basically on the deed, it would say John Smith, you know, grantor sells the property to the Nick Rosenbauer Living Trust. Okay, you don't want me as an individual to become the owner. You want my trust to be the owner. Um, I will say this, it's a good idea to let the title company know ahead of time because you know how they are. They A lot of times I think it's a volume game and they'll look at these things, you know, kind of last minute. And when you get to the closing table, it's usually too late to change the, the 400 pages of documents uh, without a big headache. So that's something you want to get on early. Um, Ohio actually allows basically to put a beneficiary on the house. It's known as a transfer on death uh, real estate affidavit. So for that, it's not an all or nothing. Like you, if you bought your house in your name, you could later do a transfer on death affidavit that says, when I die, I want it to automatically transfer to my trust without having to re-register it. Um, most states don't. Okay. So just make sure everyone knows that up front. If you don't have a trust, um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, we, we don't have the ability to do this. Um, this is where you really want to work with an expert in your state. Some states have, you know, an affidavit or allow you to put a, a beneficiary on it, such as Ohio. Um, some of them I've seen a transfer on death deed where, you know, it says the new owner is Nick Rosenbauer transfer on death to, you know, Alicia Rosenbauer or whomever. Those are very finicky. Um, and some states have good laws. Some states, those laws are junk. Okay. Ohio used to have an old transfer on death deed law, and it was a total nightmare. Okay. So you want to be very careful. Um, if you don't have a trust, talk to someone who's an expert and, and find out what you can uh, or cannot do uh, from that standpoint. And it's best to do all this up front because if you're changing things after you close, uh, a lot of times you need to get permission from the, the title company or from the person who holds the mortgage because you're changing ownership. This one is kind of the biggest nightmare to change after the fact. So the real estate, you want to get that right from the beginning before you close. Okay. State specifics, so make sure you check on that for real estate. All right. Another asset that often will get added uh, or changed is vehicles. Well, this one, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but this one also has um, some state specific laws. If you have a trust, most states, 
you want the trust to be listed as the owner uh, on the vehicle when you purchase it. Okay, so on the car title, you know, it should say Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. Um, Ohio allows a TOD or a beneficiary to be on the car title. Um, So my car title actually says Nicholas Rosenbauer, TOD, Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. Most states don't do that. Okay. So again, you got to be very careful about that. Um, And also you want to be careful. You want to get this right ahead of time, especially if you're financing the car. If there's a loan on the car, sometimes it's a big nightmare to change the owner, you know, without paying off the loan. So if you go buy a Honda Accord and finance it for a few years, and then you call, you know, Honda Credit or Honda Financing or whatever the heck it is a month later and say, hey, I want to retitle the car to my trust and just keep the loan the same. That can be a nightmare. So you want to be careful about that. If you don't have a trust, again, check local laws to see if your state allows some sort of a beneficiary or a TOD to be put on the vehicle. Um, Some do, some don't. If you're married, make sure, you know, if you're married and if, if you and your spouse are, you know, both being put on the vehicle, that usually makes things a little easier, at least for them. So make sure the surviving spouse can retain ownership or control uh, when one of you dies. So if it says Nick Rosenbauer and Alicia Rosenbauer, as long as it's set up right, if I die tomorrow, my wife can still get the car. Okay, so that's kind of a like a poor man's you know estate plan, but it'll at least take care of things if one of you dies. Again, very okay. state specific, so you got to be careful on that. Okay. What about retirement accounts? And this is not one that I would think of as, as an asset that gets added because I would I would imagine most of these are established pretty early on in life. So they, they're probably part of the estate plan when you originally set it up. Yeah. So that's a good point. So, you, well, first off, depends how old you are when you set it up. If you're 26 years old when you set it up and then you change jobs, you'll probably get a 401k uh, at the new job. Okay. So the the, the place where these, you know, you get new accounts or you change accounts is new jobs. And also when you retire, if you say, hey, I have the company 401k, I'm now rolling that over to my own account so my financial advisor can manage it. Okay. So, so, so you're more likely to be rolling accounts over or, you know, Ben, let's, I know we give all this love to Fidelity, which I'm still waiting (laughs) on the sponsorship deal. Uh, with that, haven't heard anything. I don't know if you have, but uh, let's okay. <laughs> so let's let's bash them here, just because they haven't given us any money. So let's say you have a bad experience with Fidelity, and so you know what? I'm done with Fidelity. I'm switching to Edward Jones or Morgan Stanley or mm-hmm. whomever. Um, so that's when you want to be careful. Um, if you have a trust, you want to make sure that the trust is properly listed as a beneficiary. You know, if you're not married or if things aren't going to your spouse, just make it the primary beneficiary. If you're married. Um, but you want your spouse to get everything. If you go first, uh, you want to make sure the spouse is the primary beneficiary. And again, work with an expert here because there's some tax consequences, um, some unfavorable ones to screwing that up. Um, but you want to make sure that it's lined up properly. If you don't have a trust, you know, just make sure that the beneficiaries are set up properly to mirror, you know, to carry out your inheritance, which is whatever they are. Uh, also, you want to be careful to understand the account's default rules. So sometimes if you have like three kids and you want to name them, you know, a third, a third, a third, 
Some have a default rule that says if one of the beneficiaries dies, it's like survivor, and it just goes to the other two kids, which might be what you want, but if one of the kids has kids of their own, that might not be what you want. So make sure you understand what kind of the default rules are. And also, there'll be places where you can check, you know, per stirpes, per capita, things like that, uh, or not make those selections. Just make sure you understand what you're doing um, and what the defaults are by that. So just be careful when you set that up. All right, going through assets that you might acquire after setting up your estate plan and what you need to do to make sure they get included in, uh, in your estate plan. So next up is life insurance. Um, again, one that I would think, you know, might be established earlier than later, but how do you handle this? Well, you know, if you have a trust under, you know, assuming it is in line with your estate plan, just make sure the trust is the beneficiary. And again, it's it's easier, you know, when you're opening uh, or getting the policy from the beginning and they say, who do you want to be your beneficiary? Just set it up right the first time. Uh, if you don't have a trust, obviously make sure that the beneficiaries are lined up with what you want your inheritance wishes to be with all those defaults and terms, just like I mentioned for retirement accounts, make sure you're understanding that. Uh, one of the things where I see the most movement on life insurance, Ben, is again, if you get a new job and you have company provided life insurance, even if it's not a big chunk, if you die while you're still at that company, that is an asset. Someone's going to get a check. Okay, so even if it's not a million dollar policy, while you're enrolling everything, and you know how all that is when you enroll with a new company, it's all mm -hmm. this paperwork, it's a total nightmare. Make sure you take a few minutes to go through that and make sure you get the beneficiaries set up the right way because they'll probably ask you for them for the retirement accounts and for the life insurance. Okay, so just, um, but changing jobs is usually where you see the most activity on this. Okay. Fair enough. All right. What about some other investments? Um, I'm thinking specifically like non-retirement accounts um, that you might open up after your estate plan is established. Yeah. So like a brokerage account yep. or you know mutual funds or just an account with some stocks in it. Um, make sure your financial advisor, if you have a trust, opens the account up you know, registered to the trust from the beginning. Okay. So like my wife and I, our brokerage account is owned by the Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. If you don't have a trust, talk to your advisor to see what options they have for a beneficiary or a pay on death or transfer on death and make sure that it lines up with your inheritance wishes as best you can. Um, I know non-retirement accounts usually have a lot of limitations to what you can do. Usually retirement accounts and life insurance, you can do you know, you have more flexibility and I guess you can customize it better. Um, so make sure make sure you, you understand what you can and can't do. Um, and then if you're married and if you're co-owners, obviously make sure that one of you has survivorship rights. And if one of you dies, the, the other co-owner can still own the account on his own or her own. Um, so just again, it's always best to make sure you get this set up right uh, the first time when you're filling things out and opening the account. Okay. Uh, last one here on the list for today's podcast is any company or business interest that you might uh, acquire along the way. Well, and, and this is all, you know, I don't want to just say it depends because that's not, that's not going to be very helpful for our listeners. Whether you have a trust or not, basically you need to review 
you know, the rules uh, of the company. Usually it's the operating agreement or shareholder agreement uh, on what you can do with your interest in the company. Obviously, if you're the sole owner, you can do whatever you want. If you have partners, there may be limitations on what you can do or what you can do without getting the consent from everyone else. So it may be something where you say, you know, for a trust, find out if your trust can be the owner of your shares. Okay. So, you know, our trust is the owner uh, of all of my shares of the Rosenbauer Law Office. Okay. Because my operating agreement allows it. The, the alternative, and you'll see this more with multiple partners, is if you have three partners and everything is set up to where if one of them dies, you know, the spouse or the kids don't become the new business partners. There's a buyout. Okay. Um, and I've had times before where I've said, let's at least make, you know, that check, you know, for your one third of the business if you die, make sure the proceeds from the buyout, you know, pay to the trust um, the way you want to. And if you don't have a trust, again, obviously you need to review it and you need to see what you can or cannot do for any sort of, you know, succession planning. Uh, or inheritance, either for your shares of the company, or again, if there's a buyout and if there's like a check uh, that's written after you pass away. So uh, the company rules, so the operating agreement most likely uh, should have guidelines on what you can uh, and cannot do. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. all. That's all dependent. Although obviously, if you're the sole owner, you're you're a hundred percent of the vote. So theoretically, you could do whatever the heck you want. But if you have business partners, you got to be careful on what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Very good. Well, again, lean on uh, an estate planning attorney to help you with this. You should be having conversations probably with them. But again, if you want to talk with Nick or or go through this with him, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website uh, phone number, as well as 513-463-6789. I think a little pro tip might help uh, to kind of close this out. Well, what I always tell my clients, it's always, even if it's just a check-in, I always tell my clients, if you're switching banks, you're switching financial advisors, if you retire and you're rolling things over from the company to your own plan, or if you move, at least call us, shoot us an email to let us know. Um, And then, you know, it's super easy for me or one of my staff to say, all right, just make sure that the beneficiary is set up this way uh, when you when you take care of it. You know, fire off an email or a two minute conversation. It's so much easier to pick up the phone or fire off an email that takes you one minute to do to check in and make sure it's done right, versus you know mess everything up um, and then find out years later, or even worse, after you pass away and your family finds out that it wasn't matched up right and it's too late to do it. So. Always good to be checking in with your attorney uh, when you're doing this. Good stuff as always, Nick. Again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website. You can schedule a call with Nick if you have questions or if you want to go through and find other resources that might help you out as well. There's a bunch on the website for you. And again, uh, you can always call 513-463-6789. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Complete Estate Planning. Nick, thanks for the time as always. We'll chat soon. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. 
The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.